Arguably the best position battle we'll see this spring revolves around second base. So who are the candidates? What are their expectations and who wins the job? You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back, everybody, to the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates every day. My name is Ethan Smith, your host of this wonderful show here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where I'm bringing you your news, analysis, opinions, and reactions to everything going on in the world of the Pittsburgh Pirates. And obviously, on today's show, we're talking about second base as the 2024 Player Preview Series continues. Obviously, on tomorrow's show, we'll be talking all about O'Neill Cruz. On Monday show with Gary, we'll be talking about Key Brian Hayes. Then we'll be popping around the outfield and talking about some of the prospects that we will be looking at. And obviously, if anything happens from now until then, we'll be talking about that as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. More on them later. And on today's player preview series show, again, it's all about second base, a position group that I've highlighted a ton this offseason, and it's a position group that a lot of people were really looking at a lot because there's a lot of different options that the Pirates currently possess at this position. There's a lot of different guys that have a stake and a claim to this position, but ultimately I think the biggest question is who wins it, what are the expectations, and what can we expect from it? And you look at why this is a positional battle. It's for pretty good reason. I mean, you have Leover Piguero, G1 Bay, Nick Gonzalez, and Jared Friolo, who can all stake a claim to the second base throne. And they've all done well in spurts at the major league level, and they all have some sort of upside, all being pretty young players. But I am going to start with Leover Piguero, because I do think, as of right now, Leover Piguero is the front runner to play second base for the majority of the time for this Pittsburgh Pirates team. Now, he does also have the easiest path to winning this job, in my opinion, seeing as I think he's already listed as the starting second baseman. He's not listed anywhere officially, but that's what I would list him. So I'm not really burying the lead all that much on who's going to win the job. I do think it is going to be Piguero, but we're going to explain why throughout this entire episode and kind of highlight each option, what they have to offer, and why they could unseat Leo over Piguero. Now, in 198 at-bats last year, Piguero hit 237 with a 654 OPS in his full-time debut, things that you would obviously like to see improve and numbers you'd usually shy away from. He did hit seven home runs, though, along with that, showcasing really a sense of power. I don't think that a lot of us really expected from Leover Piguero upon his arrival, which is something that I thought was very interesting when he did get here because he was never, I mean, he hit home runs and he had power, but I don't think a lot of us ever really expected it would be something that would really translate to the big league level. And it did a little bit last year. Now, obviously his improvements have to come from his high strikeout rate and just getting the bat off the ball quicker. Those are really the things that I think Leover Piguero needs to work on going into spring training and going into this year. He had a 31.5 strikeout rate last year and an 89.3 average exit velocity. So again, those are numbers that you would really like to see go down and up in the right directions because the strikeout rate is very concerning and 
really you would like to see Piguero, especially with some of that power that he showed, kind of get the bat off the ball a little bit quicker. Now, in the grand, in the grand scheme of things, let's just leave this here. Piguero is 23. And unlike these other options that I'm going to be mentioning throughout the show, who you all know, he doesn't have that same defensive versatility as the other three candidates. Yeah, he could slide over to shortstop if he needed to, but it's not exactly something that you would want to really see Piguero do. Now, when he does play second base, he's adequate enough defensively, but I also think offensively he's shown the most upside of the group, and you may be thinking about a certain other player that we're going to talk about on the show, but I'll explain why I think Piguero has shown more upside. Because you even go back to Piguero's minor league time, and he had a career 755 OPS and hit the ball relatively well throughout the system, which is why I think he was ever up here in the first place. So he's going into his first full campaign this year, and it could allow him to actually get his feet under him. Now, Obviously, with this being a positional battle and stuff, I do think that some of these other guys are going to sprinkle in there at times. But you really want to look at it and say, okay, Pagaro is the likely guy to start things off. And it's something that I think is the right thing to do. And if he can also continue to hit off-speed well, which he did phenomenally at a 345 clip last year. He hit fastballs at 257, and if he can improve on hitting his breaking pitches, which he did at 150, then I think that'll be fine. Now, going back to his defense for a moment, he's also a passable defender at second base as well. He's not anybody that's going to be a lead and win a gold glove at second base, he had a negative one outs above average, which isn't absolutely horrible, but he did have an 87.7 arm strength metric last year, which was ranked very highly in Major League Baseball, something to me that I think could create a very lethal double play combo with O'Neill Cruz, especially if O'Neill Cruz figures out that shortstop position. Fangrass also has Piguero as their projected starter at second base, but it's not a done deal by any stretch. That's why we're doing the show. And that's really where I think that this whole conversation gets interesting because I think most of you guys will also agree that Leo Verpiguero is the front runner as of right now. I think he is the guy that you're going to look at and say, yeah, he's the guy that's probably going to start at second base. And if he does do well there, then you can expect that he'll stay. But that's why these other options are still here. You have G1 Bay, you have Nick Gonzalez, you have Jared Triolo, who can all offer different things that could be helpful at second base. Obviously, with G1 Bay, you have his speed, which we'll talk about. Gonzalez does have that power element that he just needs to tap into. And Jared Triolo is an above average, potentially gold glove level defensive player. So you have different guys behind Leo Verpiguero that all do different things very well. But going back to what I was saying, before, I still think that Pagaro just offers at this current moment the most upside at the position, seeing as he hit seven home runs last year, which led all of these guys, seeing as he has shown the ability to spread the ball around the field. He's shown the ability to at least play passable defense over there and not make a ton of mistakes at second base. These are all things that Pagaro has shown. And if he goes into spring and shows these things again and shows that he can have that plus power and also be a passable defender and bring the contact up and bring the strikeout rate down, then I see no reason why Pagaro would be on set. And this isn't a bad thing for Pittsburgh at all to have this many options at the position. And yes, I know I'm going to mention it based off of rumors and lots of white noise that we heard on Twitter yesterday, which I kind of contributed to. We may see one of them on the move sooner rather than later. That may be something we see today. That may be something we see by Monday. That may be something we don't see at all. 
It's just a rumor right now. It hasn't really been reported all that much, and I think that's what we need to keep it as. But it is something to at least note, like note and put in your notepad and go back to if it does happen. So for now, Pegaro is my front runner, and we'll talk more in the third segment about what this battle will look like in spring and what's really going to happen. But in the next segment, we'll talk about Nick Gonzalez, Jiwan Bay, and Jared Friolo, and what each and what each has to offer, and how they could potentially unseat my front runner at this current moment. But before we do that, folks, we are going to talk about game time. Game time. Please download it. Download the Game Time app today and use code Locked On for $20 off because you shouldn't have to worry about getting tickets to your next big event. Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. The game time guarantee, by the way, means you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. And they have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last minute seats. So download the game time app, create an account, and use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L O C K E D O N. For $20 off and download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on YouTube and is now available on Amazon Fire TV and the free Fire TV channels app. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24 7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. So find Locked On Sports Today now available on the free Fire TV channels app. And folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where we're talking all about the second base position and the positional battle that we will see this spring for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And we've already talked about Leover Piguero and how I see him as the front runner right now with the most upside of this group of four players that we're talking about on today's show. And Nick Gonzalez is the one that we're going to talk about next. Now, Gonzo, of course, has been on the show before, friend of the show. Uh, anybody that's on my show is a friend of the show. And for lack of a better word, I would say that Nick Gonzalez has been very interesting in his time with Pittsburgh and in the system because last year was Gonzo's much anticipated debut after being Ben Charrington's first draft selection in 2020. Obviously got drafted number seven overall out of New Mexico State as one of the best pure hitters in that class. But that plus hit tool, it just did not show as much as we would have liked last year. Now, albeit again, it was his debut campaign. So I do think we have to have some patience here. But in 115 at-bats, Gonzo hit 209 and struggled all over the place. Especially scary was something that he just was praised for uh, coming out of college and something that he was praised for uh, going into the minor league system was his scary 28.1% strikeout rate. Now, you may be thinking, Ethan, you just said that Pagaro has like a 31.5 strikeout rate. So why is that as like much scarier than saying it about Pagaro? Well, it's scary in both rights, but the only difference between Gonzalez and Pagaro in this mark was Pagaro made up for that with home runs and a little bit of plus power, while Nick Gonzalez did not. 
he only had two home runs last year and didn't even really come close to anything else. And he also hit like 209. It just was not a good year for Nick Gonzalez at all. And I would say even for Gonzalez, even more concerning is his low 4.7 walk rate and his high 28.3% chase rate. And these are just things, again, that he wasn't known for in his collegiate time and through the system. It's just things that ultimately, whenever we looked at Nick Gonzalez as a prospect and whenever he came into the system and started performing well, these are things that we just were not accustomed to with a guy like Nick Gonzalez. Now, it's a tough, it's a really tough conversation when you're talking about a player like Nick Gonzalez because he is a former first round pick, a former top 10 first round pick. But the argument for him to start is not really a strong one at this juncture. It's just not, especially with the roster continuing to get better and at his primary position of second base. I mean, you've already heard that I'm mentioning four different players on the show. And Nick Gonzalez right now, it's I just don't know if I can make the argument for him to start really above any of them. And it's a tough argument to make because, yeah, he still needs way more opportunity and he'll likely get it at some at some place at some point. But right now, you want to be in win-now mode, as they say. They want to compete this year. you got to go with the best options. And sometimes the best options are not the options you expected them to be. Now, if he can walk more and strike out less and showcase some of that power that we expected from him, I think he'll just be fine. I think he'll be fine. I mean, that's something that I think a lot of us can agree with. But does he do it? And I think what was the most concerning about the things I was looking at from Nick Gonzalez when I was researching for the show is all of his expected rates hitting wise were lower than his actual slash statistics. That is never good. (laughs) That is not good at all because that basically entails a regression is going to happen and you don't want it to happen. So don't be surprised if Gonzo doesn't even break the opening day roster this season unless he shows massive improvements in spring. We'll talk about this a little bit more in the third segment as well. And then there's Jiwon Bay. And I want to preface this as I'm talking about Bay right now, that this was recorded before any rumored deal was made that involves Jiwon Bay. Because yes, I know I already have posted about it on Twitter and I've been all over the place talking to Marlins fans about it. Yes, I know it is a possibility, but this was this was recorded before anything happens if it does happen. He's an interesting case. Do one to his defensive versatility between second base and the outfield and the fact that he's an elite base runner and passable defender. And really, when you look at Jiwan Bay and you watch him play, he's exactly the kind of player you expect him to be. You want him to be high contact, passable defense, have uh, defensive versatility. It's what you want him to have. Now, of this group, Jiwan Bay does have by far the most at-bats of this group from last season at 334. So we do have more of an idea about who Bay is as a player. But I would also say of the four, and this is a bold statement, I do think he has the lowest upside. Now, obviously, I think you can kind of flip Triolo and Gonzalez there based off of what Triolo does this year. But I do think at this juncture and at this time, G1 Bay of these four probably has the lowest upside. And the reason I don't place Bay as a front runner at second base is really, truthfully, I just think he's a more valuable outfielder than he is a second baseman. 
He had a 69th percentile arm strength last year. He has elite speed, so he'll be able to track any ball in the outfield at any outfield position. And he's shown signs that he can play second base, don't get me wrong. But his negative two outs above average in second base versus his plus three outs above average in center field last year would suggest he's more of an outfielder than anything. And he's not going to be playing shortstop, I don't think, unless he makes massive defensive improvements. And he does have the arm to do it. But at the end of the day, it's just not something that I see really for him playing second base all that much. And for the player that Jiwon Bay is, you'd like to see his chase rate improve as well as his walk rate. So obviously that he can get on base more and use that elite speed. Because when Jiwon Bay was on the base path, uh, base path last year, folks, it was tormenting for opposing pitchers to have to worry about Jiwon Bay over at first base or second base or wherever he was. So that's what he needs to focus on going into 2024. I think those are things that are very air apparent and clear for him. I think those are just things that would make him an overall better player, be it wherever he is. If it's in Pittsburgh, which he is right now at the time of recording, he is a Pittsburgh pirate. So just preface that. <laughs> He's a Pittsburgh pirate for now as the time of I'm recording this. So those are the things that I'd like to see from Jiwan Bay, but I also don't want to really pencil him in it like at second base, just because I do think with that defensive versatility in the outfield, I do think he's more of an outfielder right now than he is a second baseman. And then there's Jared Triolo, who last year had a coming out party of sorts as a plus contact, plus defense utility player. I mean, I don't think a lot of people really expected Jared Triolo uh, to have the offensive production that he had last year. If you watched Jared Triolo in the minor leagues, you would know that he was already a plus defender and he was going to always bring the glove wherever he goes. So that's not anything that you're ever going to have to worry about from Jared Triolo. But I do expect that his offensive production won't be near what it was last year. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. His expected batting average last year was a 254 versus the 298 clip that he hit. And a 254 average for a defensive player of Triolo's caliber is just fine, especially for a guy that can play any infield spot that you need him to with a five outs above, above average that proves that he's a fine defensive player. And we've already spoken about Triolo on this series. We spoke about it in the last 2024 player preview series with him potentially being a first base option alongside Rowdy Telez. It's something that he did at the end of the year. And I said it on that show that it was no mistake that the Pirates wanted to see Jared Triolo get some major league innings in at first base. And he's shown he could play anywhere in the infield. Of course, the majority of the games he played last year were at third base in the absence of Key Brian Hayes. But the second most that he had were played at second with 13, where he had a perfect fielding percentage. Now, all these things sound great, and it's like, okay, well, I would want this player to start. But due to his defensive versatility, I do think it would just make more sense that you'll see Triolo at second base. You will see him. But with Telez needing a platoon partner at first base in all likelihood, just because I just don't think he's good defensively at all. And Key Brian Hayes, of course, needing a backup. And even O'Neill Cruz really needing a backup. I think his defensive versatility really is just too good to waste at one position. But it does get interesting, though, if Peguero or Gonzalez or Bay struggles at the position and Triolo is playing well. Because then I would expect that you would see extended stints at second base, but don't expect Triolo to be the full-time starter at the position unless injuries dictate that or unless struggles from other players dictate that. I just don't think that's really something for the Pirates that they really truly need to worry about. Because, I mean, he can play all four infield positions. And 
again, if he hits in that 250 range and he can play all four infield positions, perfectly fine with me. And especially if Pagaro's playing well or Gonzo's playing well. Because then you're you're talking playing with house money there with a guy like Jarrett Riolo. But with all that said, what's the outlook for this position? How can it be won and who ultimately wins the job? We're going to talk about that in the final segment of today's episode of Locked on Pirates. But before we do that, we're going to talk about FanDuel. Folks, FanDuel is your one place to do all of your sports betting this 2024 because you can get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 bet that wins. That's $150 if your bet wins. You can bet on all of your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets live save game parlays, exclusive props, and more. So just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot today because FanDuel is an official sportsbook partner of the National Basketball Association and an official sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network. And folks, welcome back to the third and final segment of today's episode of Locked On Pirates. It's been a very fun episode today. It's been a fun couple of days being a Pirates fan. You guys uh, really seem to eat up that live show that I did really well. So throughout the season, I might actually start making that a thing where we go live on a specific day and just talk about the Pirates and be keep it very casual. That was a very casual, less... Um, structured show that we did we obviously had judd and michael from steel city pirates on so it seemed like you guys enjoyed that a ton so i've mentioned four players that all have a claim to the second base spot two of those i would say in triolo and bay i think are likely out as the full-time starters at the position due to one their willingness and two their performance to move around to other positions of need bay being of course an outfielder slash second baseman triolo being everywhere in the infield so that leaves right now Leover Piguero and Nick Gonzalez, who, albeit, are best of friends and basically grew up in this system together, being at each level pretty much together throughout the entirety of it, will have arguably the strongest position battle in spring this season. Now, uh, we've seen a little bit more of Piguero than Nick Gonzalez this far, and I think it's expected that we'll see both again this year. But what I really urge before I get into the rest of this, what I really urge Derek Shelton and the team to do this year is give these guys extended time. Give them extended opportunities. Say weeks rather than days. I don't want to see Pagaro, like, and obviously I know you're going to need rest days for these guys and everything like that over the course of 162 games. But I want to see Pagaro be the starter for like the first month and a half to two months of the year with, say, Jared Triolo or Nick Gonzalez sprinkling in on days off. Give these guys a full-blown chance. Because if you don't, then you don't truly, one, let them get their feet under them, or two, you don't get the sample size that you're truly looking for. And it gives longer looks at these young guys to see them over weeks at a time rather than days at a time. And it also gives them the opportunity to prove it on the field you don't have to fabricate anything to the point where you're like well you know he only got this many at bats and he only got this many at bats so we'd still like to see more no give them all the give one of them a bunch of at bats probably Pagaro to begin the year in the first month and a half or two uh, two months 
and evaluate it from there because then you could say, okay, well, Pagaro's been playing well, so we'll just keep him here. Or he's not playing well, so let's look at Nick Gonzalez or Jared Triolo or Jiwan Bay for the next two months. And there's nothing wrong with that because then that doesn't mean you don't have to involve these guys, but you're at least giving them ample enough opportunity to prove themselves whichever direction that they want to go. Now, Pagaro is projected to have a 79 WRC plus in 99 games, while Gonzo is projected to have a 64 WRC plus on 35 games. So I think it's clear who Fangraphs thinks gets more opportunities. And really the biggest thing with this second base positional battle that's very interesting now is that O'Neill Cruz is healthy. He's going to play shortstop. Last year, you had two positions where you could put these guys. You could have put... If O'Neill Cruz was injured, you could have put Pagaro at second, Gonzo at short, or vice versa. And you could have got looks at him at the same time. You don't have that luxury this year. And thank God you don't have that luxury this year because O'Neill Cruz is just a phenomenal baseball player that needs to be on the field for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And it limits the opportunities then to an extent because you, you only have one place that they can play at second base. And I don't think Nick Gonzalez has the versatility to really play anywhere else except maybe shortstop. Same thing with Pagaro. I mean, maybe you could see Pagaro play third, but that's it. You have Key Brian Hayes over there too. So it's starting to crunch down a little bit now. And again, as I mentioned earlier, this is a good problem. And if you also want to know as well, a few weeks ago, Jake Krause of MLB.com said that Pagaro is the favorite to start at second base for the Pirates entering spring training. So for now, I think you can make out a pretty clear order, the pecking order, of where these guys are. And I'd also say Pagaro would have to do a lot of bad things to lose the job in spring, while Gonzalez or the other candidates would have to do a ton of good things. So for now, it's Pagaro's job to lose. I, I don't think anybody really is going to argue with that. I just think that's it's, it's his job to lose. Now, this, of course, is all being said before we've even seen a pitch thrown in a game yet, in a spring training game, and tons of things. I mean, tons of things can happen. But also, second base is only going to continue to get more packed in the future, folks. And I keep saying it about second base. I know, like, right now, we have to talk about now and what's here now. Termar's here now, too. But he's not at the MLB level just yet. But he's not going to take that long to get up here. Termar Johnson is a phenomenal baseball player. He is going to be a very, very, very good baseball player. And when he does come up here, these options coming out of 2024 will likely still have their questions. But I, the, the picture will be painted a lot clearer. It's not going to be a blurry, as blurry of a picture. But if the performance isn't adequate enough to validate keeping their spot, I mean, you're looking at a top 50 prospect in all of baseball waiting in the wings. So this, this position group is only going to continue to just continue to cluster. It's going to continue to get tighter. It's going to continue to see the opportunities not fill up as fast. And I think that's why Pagaro has the leg up right now. Because if he doesn't lose the job and gets the most opportunities to show himself, it's going to work out in his favor. And it's a good thing if Pagaro plays well, or Gonzalez, or Bay, or Triolo. Because then if Johnson does come up here, 
and I'm having a conversation a year and a half from now about Johnson coming up here and Piguero playing well, folks, that's a really good thing. That is a really good thing and something the Pirates haven't had in a while. So expect a ton of Lee over Piguero to start and let the play dictate whether he stays or if the other options step in. And if the other options step in, give them the ample opportunity as well because it's opportunity time. Still opportunity time. But at some point, we have to start getting answers to these questions that we're seeing from these internal guys. And if if Piguero performs well, simple. He stays at second base. If he doesn't, well, <laughs> this battle could go throughout this season and into the next one. Folks, thank you so much for tuning into the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates every day. My name is Ethan Smith. You can follow me on Twitter right there at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates for all of your news, analysis, opinions, and reactions to everything going on in the world of the Pittsburgh Pirates. You can find this all the way everywhere. You can find it on Spotify, Odyssey, Google Play, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts because it is free and available. Folks, we will be back talking about O'Neill Cruz on tomorrow's 2024 Player Preview Series show on Friday. But until then, I'll see you on the flip side.